Hello and welcome back, folks, ladies and gentlemen, to the UGA Sports Call-In Show. I'm your host, Paul Mahiri, joined alongside Ben Choppy Bachman and Jason But two of our best at UGASports.com. And guys, we're going to jump right into it because it's been kind of a slow week, but in terms of Georgia football, there's never a slow week. There's always something stirring around. There's always something behind the shadows, if you will. And it seems to be, for whatever reason, and we talked about this a little bit last week, the quarterback controversy is now uh, making its way. It, it does this every year. So this is not just this year, Jason. It does it every year. Uh, it's very cynical in that way. But uh, this year in particular, Georgia's coming off a national championship and they have their starter coming back. But for whatever reason, it is now starting again. Guys, if you want to join us on the show, before I throw this to Jason, uh, the Call in number or the call in link is in the description of the YouTube video and the Facebook uh, description as well. It'll put you into our waiting room and then we can bring you on live. You can get your questions answered, uh, all that good type of stuff. But Jacob Watson, we appreciate you shouting them out early. He says, Go dogs. But Jason, Georgia has a national championship starting quarterback returning. Why is this a thing? I don't know. Uh, for whatever reason, I mean, this, the, the, the fan base for whatever reason, and I shouldn't say, I shouldn't even generalize it. I just think it's a portion of the fan base. I Uh, I can agree with that. Has, has latched on to the narrative that it's time for one. They didn't want Stetson Bennett to be the starter. He became the starter. They want, uh, it's not that they wanted him to fail. It's just a more, one of those things where they thought there might be a better option. And if and when he did fail, which he did once against Alabama, which I would argue that wasn't his fault, that loss. And I actually wouldn't even argue. I would state it as a fact it wasn't his fault that they lost that game. And uh, but, but, you know, people, uh, confirmation bias, they, they felt like it, it was. Uh, they didn't win. They weren't able to keep up with Alabama. The defense did not do a good job. Um, so they hammered in on, on Stetson. We get to a national championship victory, and it's like that's not even enough for some of these people. <laughs> you go a week, and next thing you know, it's you got to go to the next guy. You got to go to Carson Beck. You got to go to Brock Vandegrift, Gunnar Stockton, who, whomever. It, I, I, that's really it. So to me, I don't even know if this is a controversy because he's the starting quarterback. Kirby Smart hasn't indicated anything that there's any sort of uh, position battle whatsoever at this point. I think it's a matter of, you're seeing other guys take reps with the ones like any other spring practice. And people see that and think, oh, my gosh, maybe there's something going on here. No, Stetson Bennett's the number one quarterback. It will take a lot, in my opinion, to unseat him as the number one quarterback. Carson Beck couldn't do it a year ago. Frog Vandegrift couldn't do it a year ago. Gunnar Stockton is a true freshman early enrollee. We'll see as this plays out. I am not thinking that's anything that's going to happen. Never say never. I'm not calling it a controversy. I'm calling it a slow week where people need yeah. something to talk about. I think that's exactly it. And we have our first uh, guest for tonight's show, Green Timber, joining us. Uh, Green Timber, can you hear us? Yeah. Can you hear me? Hey, what's going on, man? Green Timber, big member over at UGASports.com. Uh, thanks for j- jumping in with us, man. What, uh, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I had a couple things, but since you started with the QB thing, I, I know we with. we'll we'll uh we'll just jump on that since that's everyone's favorite topic. But you know, you got to give Kirby credit because 
people always say, and it's because of the Fromm Fields debacle, which I, I don't want to get into that because I'm not even sure most people agree with me on that. But um, Kirby's trying to start the most physically gifted quarterback. He tried to do it last year with Daniels. He's trying to do it this year. I mean, Stetson took over, yeah, but, I mean, we have to give him credit. Him and Monken are really trying their best to get somebody out there, some five-star, some, which I know none of that matters once you're on campus, but um, what, what, what are your guys' thoughts on that? I mean, he, he brought we brought JT Daniels in, started him. He has the oblique injury. Stetson wins the national championship. I got it. Well, either Stetson's getting some sort of veteran leave from practice like uh, like Julio Jones and the Falcons where he didn't have to practice during the week at all and he'd still ball out on Sundays. Or Kirby's really trying to get one of these, you know, quote-unquote physically gifted quarterbacks in the game. So just wondering your guys' thoughts on that. Ben, I think from that. the fan perspective, I think on the quarterbacks, it's a it's a football fan thing. I, I know Georgia fans are nuts with a lot of with a lot of stuff, but I think unless you have like a Pro Bowl quarterback in the NFL or you have like a first round pick quarterback in college, people are going to be complaining about the quarterbacks. There's, that's just going to happen. But I think with Stetson, the lucky thing college has is the spring practice allows you to get other guys reps because if Stetson goes down and they made a quarterback change last year, you want to see what Brock can do with the first team, because let's say Stetson sucks or he gets hurt. You're going to have to play Brock. Or you're going to have to play Beck. So they have to get chemistry. This is the only time because you have short weeks to prepare for teams in the fall. So this is their only time to rep with the ones. Now, do I think a Brock Vandergriff, if he is all world, like he was coming out of high school, could he make a competition with Stetson? If he's that perfect in practice and Kirby thinks he's the best quarterback, that obviously he's not going to play a quarterback he thinks is worse. I, I just don't think any coach would do that. So I still think Stetson's the number one quarterback, but this is a big opportunity for the other two quarterbacks to, to cement the number two job and also maybe push Stetson a bit, I think. Which which we've seen. Hey, Caroline, we see you. We're going to get to you soon, I promise. Uh, but uh, we've seen this the past few seasons, guys, where the starting quarterback did not finish the season. So, you know – they, they have to have somebody ready because in the past years, uh, Green Timber, it's obviously been a different quarterback starting than what's, you know, finished the year off. So, you know, you, you've got to find that second guy. And I guess as a fan, uh, Timber, who, who's that second guy for you as it stands right now? Uh, I'm trying to get an impulse. I'm trying to get a pulse on the uh, of course, the Of course I want it to be Brock Vandegrift. I mean, who wouldn't, you know, Kirby takes the five-star – national high school quarterback of the year and makes a back-to-back national championship run with him at the helm. I mean, you know, I don't know. That's that, that that's what I want, but I'm a stupid fan. So what do I know? <laughs> you got anything else for us? Or we're going to go to Miss Caroline. No, yeah, no. Uh, thanks for the show. I was going to talk recruiting, but after what Kirby and company did last year to close out the class, I will uh, never worry about recruiting ever okay. again in my whole life. And actually one time uh, choppy, or Ben, he he uh, sent me a direct message on oh, the ball and, and he said, hey, calm down, you idiot. He didn't say it like that, but <laughs> he told me to calm down. And then uh, he was right, and then Kirby flipped literally everybody. So I'm not even worried yeah. about recruiting. You guys just keep up the good work. Thanks for hey, taking man. my uh, call. We appreciate you calling in, and uh, we might talk a little recruiting later. So if you want to call back and give Ben some hell on that, uh, we'll most certainly let you. All right. Thank you. All right, man. Uh, I think that was that. Miss Kim, what's summer. going on? How are you tonight? I'm fine. How you doing? We're doing all right. What what brings you on the call-in show with us? Well, I'm Parts of Beck's grandmother. 
Really? No, I'm for Carson Beck. I like it. I like it. So do you live down in Florida or? No, I live in Maryland, but I went down to Florida a couple of weeks ago. So I got to see Carson when he was home and he looks terrific. He sounds terrific. And he's really in there to go for it. Where in Maryland are you? Yes. No, oh, where? What city? I live in Prince Frederick. Okay. Kind of yeah. outside D.C. So right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, both of these guys are up there yeah. with you, too. You guys should have yeah, a, like a 45 minutes from my house. Yeah, I'm in um, Silver Spring. So I've got, oh, I've, got a, okay. I've got a couple of questions for you, Ms. Kemp. So a, a lot of the fan base is curious because they, they think that in this day and age, everything is about, you know, if you don't get the job, you transfer immediately. And that's been the surrounding topic around Carson for time. And well, they, what? they thought that he, everybody thought he was going to transfer, but there was no way he was going to do that. He said, you know, I'll go through spring practice and, and so what I can do. And if it's not there, then I'll think about what I want to do. But Georgia has always been his team. Um, you know, he was with Alabama first and he decommitted from there to go to Georgia. And Nick Saban even took a helicopter and went to his high school begging him not to decommit. They really wanted him, but yeah. he's always wanted Georgia. And so I don't think he'll leave. I think he'll stay and try for it. So how is he doing right now currently? How often do you get to talk to him and, and what's what's his well, day-to-day to, like? I talk to his mother every day and she talks to him every day. And usually they FaceTime back and forth. Although he's at the at the wherever they work out, like from six o'clock in the morning to almost ten o'clock at night, because he stays after practice and really, you know, goes through all the film and everything that they've done that day. So he he's doing everything he can, and he feels very very good about it. And every all the things, if you've watched the blogs that have gone up in the last couple of days, they're just really saying great things about him. How, how does that feel as a grandmother to have a, a division one quarterback at the national championship, Georgia Bulldogs? I mean, what does that, what does that even feel like? My whole house is full of Georgia. Even our dog has a, a Beck 15 little shirt, uh, shirt that she wears. <laughs> nice. Um, I don't know. It just feels great. It, that's awesome. I don't know if you guys want to add anything, Jason or Ben. I mean, it, this is pretty cool. We've got, so for those that are just joining us, we've got uh, Carson Beck's grandmother on with us and she's telling us Carson's fighting uh, for that number one spot right now. And is, you know, and you know, I he brought, really likes, he really likes Brock and you know, that they're very close. And when Brock first got there, Carson really helped him a lot with the playbook and they, you know, they do reps together a lot. So, you know, they're both trying hard. And a lot of people in Georgia naturally are all fans of Brock because he's from there. But you have to remember, he was a class 1A. And so, okay, he got Mr. Football in Georgia. But Carson was a class 8A. And he won that national championship his junior year and was Mr. Football in, in Florida. People seem to he forget was. how good he is. <laughs> I think people do. I think he lost his whole team his senior year or something. Like yes, all of them left. And still took, a, he had a team that had never played varsity and took them to the national championship. They didn't win that year like they did the year before, but he got them there because he really knows how to, to make a team. He knows the plays. He knows, I think he really did more than the coach that year. <laughs> <laughs> so, and even the coach said that. So, <laughs> so what's something about, 
Carson that you know the, the Georgia fan base maybe doesn't know that that might separate himself in the long run when it comes to leadership and being a quarterback? Oh, he's just really a good guy. Um, ever since, you know, he's been playing ever since he was probably four or five. His father was a, um, a football player for the Naval Academy. So, you know, he's been brought up football his whole, everywhere. And when Jeff Santel came to the house to interview him when they was just recruiting, and he sat down and, and Carson had a playbook in front of him, which was full of plays that he had made up. And that's just how his mind works. So wow. I know he's going to do good when he gets out on that field. He just hasn't had the chance to show it. Wow. I I think this is – I don't know if we could have booked a better interview for this segment because <laughs> we're talking about quarterbacks this week, and we've got Carson Beck's grandmother on here. Actually, uh, uh, Paul, I do have an interesting question here. So yeah. when Carson enrolled, it was when COVID hit. So that was really hard for him because I think he, he enrolled – that's when – the COVID year happened, right? Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's what, why maybe really it was harder hurt. for him at the beginning. Yeah. That really hurt because, you know, it came in the, he just got there in January. And uh, although I think he was there in December because he helped them get ready for their bowl game, but then he was there from January to March and then they sent them all home and he didn't really get to do anything except go to Denny's and, and work out. <laughs> and he so that, you know, that didn't help matters. They kind of right. put him almost a year behind, or at least a half a year. So even though it looks like he's been there longer than Brock, he hasn't really had a chance to play longer than Brock much. Sure, sure. Now, Carson, obviously, I'm sure he's trying for that number one spot. Does he have a good relationship with Stetson? Uh, well, they did. All three of them did, even when JT was there. Um, I think Stetson's probably had so many things he's had to do since they won that he yeah. maybe hasn't had a chance to be where they're with him that, that much. But I think that whole, all four of those guys are very close. Yeah. And that, I think that's, that's been one thing that has been talked about a lot is, is kind of that solidarity in that QB room, no matter who it is, that's whose reps time it is. They're all kind of backing each other. And I think that's a good characteristic, a great characteristic to have and show for all of those guys, really. Yeah. I think it's very important. They can't just be out there competing against each other. They have to be for each other, too. I mean, look at JT when Stetson took over. If you watched him on the sidelines, he was always going over every play with him when, when, the, other, when the defense was out there. Uh, he, I think he helped Stetson a lot. And you know, I wish him the best of luck. I kind of hope he comes to West Virginia. That's a great school. <laughs> yeah, it, it would be a good fit for him. It would. Yeah. Um, I guess before we end off here, we 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 had just discussed, uh, you know, the quarterbacks being one play away because the starting quarterback in the last few seasons for Georgia has not been the fit, final quarterback for Georgia. Is that something that's going through Carson's head? To oh, make I'm his... sure. I'm sure. sure. I'm sure Stetson will probably start that first game, but we'll see where it goes from there. I loved it. I love it. I love it. You just add you're adding a little little spice in there right at the end, Miss Kim. You have you this have awesome. a you have a you have a a permanent call-in spot for this show whenever you'd like. Okay. Okay. Great. If you don't have if you if you don't have a UJ Sports membership, uh, do whatever you need to do. DM me or anything like that, and we'll get you onto the board as well. Okay, we'll do. All right. Good thanks talking to lot, you, Miss Kim. Good luck. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, thanks, Carolyn. That was awesome. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I, I was, that was so cool. I mean, that was that How was what happened. Yeah, that was that was awesome. She she really knows her football too. Yeah. Um, not gonna she, lie, Paul. Paul looked at us before the show and said, "I don't know what we're gonna talk about." 
All right. There, there we go. There we <laughs> yeah. go. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, and we talked about quarterbacks being what we were going to center the show around. We we're going to, mm-hmm. to give you guys a behind the scenes look at, at how we kind of break down these shows, unless there's something just crazy happening in the world of Georgia sports. Uh, we, we try to follow, you know, something of a narrative and we wanted to take you guys through each position and really break them down and where else to start, but quarterback, uh, especially this week, for whatever reason, like I told through it to Jason earlier in the show, folks are now talking about uh, quarterback two and 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 now quarterback one and things of that nature. So that's where we were going with this. We just happened to get Miss Kemp in here, which I t- I'm telling you right now, she has a permanent spot on the call-in show. She knows her football, and I would love to chat with her at, at, during the post-game overreaction shows as well. Um, David says, you guys did a wonderful job with this. Beck's grandma was amazing. Uh, Mike Jones says she's awesome. So, guys, if you missed it, we'll have it on podcast form as well. But she knew her stuff, and she's right. Carson didn't have that first year. I, I kind of – nobody thinks about that. Right. And so he's on that same level playing field with, with Brock, and you you see Carson as – and she made a great point too. You see, you see Brock is that homegrown talent, but he played in 1A. Carson played in 8A in Florida, and and – She's right. I mean, his senior year, Ben, you can talk yeah. a little bit more about it, but he didn't have much talent around him. Yeah, all of his receivers were gone. I think he lost some linemen, too. So, like, he went from a state championship team to basically a whole new team, which yeah. that that's hard to do. I remember when my high school team played, like, you usually get those years where it's like all the good players are in one class. Like, all the seniors leave, and then it's like, damn. <laughs> yeah, you don't yeah. just recruit. You know, yeah, it's kind of right. just like what it is. And it happened like we went from being a playoff team to winning two games. So it's like that stuff happens where it's like, okay, you lose all your guys at once. You don't just recruit and and sign free agents. It, you know, Unless you're some schools we won't name here in the state of Georgia. But anyway, keep going. Yeah, and some that are overrated. But um, <laughs> I, I think with Carson also, he came in when COVID hit, like I was asking her about, because that was tough because it's like he came in. I also think that's when Jamie Newman came in. Everyone's Georgia's favorite all-time quarterback came in. And <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. at that time, like he was only there for like two months. And then by mid-March, like everything shut down. And then it's like, well, you didn't really have any of the spring practice. You didn't have the summer workouts. Really, it was really you came back and within two weeks, it was the season. And you already had um, JT, Stetson, Mathis, who all had experience. So it was kind of like he was forced down there. And Munkin's playbook – Everything I hear with Gunner right now, everything I heard last year at Brock is that playbook is right away. It's hard for freshmen to learn and get playing time right away at Georgia. So that's why I said it's really rare. If quarterback ever starts as a true freshman at Georgia, it's going to be super rare because that playbook is long and complex that it's going to take a year to learn. So between that and everything with COVID, it was definitely hard for Carson, but he's been progressing. And I think that over time, I think he can really compete this year, depending on what the deal is with Stetson. Well, one thing I'll add is I think they they clearly thought a lot of Carson last year to have him move up to number two on the depth chart in the first week of the season. Now, obviously, going into the UAB game, things changed in practice, and they ended up going with Stetson, and um, they went with the the more experienced, familiar quarterback there, and then they and rode, ultimately they rode that train all the way. They rode that train all the way home. Yeah, right, right, but. I think right now uh, Carson Beck's your, you know, he he wasn't able to beat out Stetson last year. He uh, when when it when it came down to actually playing, I I don't see it happening right now. I mean, who knows what happens when the season gets close and, and whatnot? But I think he is your number two quarterback. I think 
I don't know, you know, until Brock and Gunner show something or prove something in practice to unseat him, I think he's your clear number two quarterback at this time based on experience, the fact that he does have the familiarity with the system now and that the coaches thought highly enough of him to have him as JT's backup going into last year initially. Well, it also and I also you- think with Brock, Paul, the reason why I think a lot of the fan base is big on Brock is because of his skill set, because he's sure. that athletic quarterback. So when you see that athletic quarterback from Athens that can be mo- – because he's more mobile than Carson. Mm-hmm. Um, Carson's already has that winning mentality at a high level, at a high level of competition. But Brock was very dominant in lower competition, but at the same time it was less complex offense he was running. And which is also – he did so much with his legs. So they're, they're totally different with where they came from and how they play. So that's also going to be a contrast of styles. And then you have Gunner, who broke all the Georgia records for, for passing, coming as a freshman. So it's really interesting to see what the dynamics between the three because they're all really different quarterbacks, come from different scenarios. I think one thing that she mentioned as well, um, which I just can't believe we just had Carson Beck's grandmother on here. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> one thing she mentioned as well was the fact, you know, I, I brought it up. It was the transferring thing. You know, it's it's been right. talked about. It's been rumored. Um, and he's there. He he's staying there. He's gonna fight it out. And then, uh, if I I don't want to you know misquote or anything, but I think after spring he's gonna take a look at things. If, yeah, that's if what he said. That right. That's what she said. Yeah. Yeah. And so you know if he's here after spring, then he I think you you've got your clear cut number two, and and maybe even right. potentially pushing Stetson. And I keep going back to this because it's it's been a proven thing. You know, there have been a lot of quarterbacks throughout Kirby Smart's tenure. And I don't know. We'd have to call Dave McMahon in to see if uh, I think Fromm's probably the only one that started. Did, did Fromm start every game one season? I would imagine. Yes, I'm, I'm, two yeah. seasons. Okay, yeah. so besides Fromm, almost three. Yeah, but besides because even in his first year, Grayson Lambert started the first game before Easton took over. Oh, two. Wait, I'm trying to think. Wait, was yeah, it? Wasn't it Easton? They played like Nickel State, and he got hurt week one, right? It was App State. It was App State and um, Easton's second year. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's been different. So I, I think for Carson, him holding out and not transferring in a position where, uh, like I said, right now, transferring is the cool thing to do. It seems like, I mean, Carson could start at just about any, mm-hmm. you know, Florida school I would imagine uh, right now, he, but he's sticking it out at Georgia. So it's good to see that we've talked about Carson. We've talked about Stetson, Ben, we've talked about Brock. What about Gunner, though? I mean, this guy is somebody who uh, you talk to some folks, they say, you know, he could be the next Stetson Bennett, but better because he's he can run better. You know, he broke all these records in Georgia. What do folks need to start learning about him? Because I'm sure and this is going to happen because G-Day is upon us very soon. Uh, he, he might throw like a 60 yard touchdown, and, you know, against the third string defense and folks are going to go crazy about Gunnar Stockton. What do you want to get out in front of that before that happens, Ben? Well, one, I think it's going to be very hard for him unless a guy transfers out and then de facto he's number three, that he's going to be the number four quarterback. So he's going to be the scout team. And I think this is something that people need to realize about Brock, which is why I do think that Brock is going to make a huge stride from year one to two is because he was on the scout team like Carson was, where you're playing the number one defense with, but let's be real here, not a lot of good guys on your offense. Your offensive line, your receivers, they're getting wrecked, and you're playing um, the opposing defense, the number Jordan one. Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean. And really with the Walker. scout teams, this is something a lot of people don't understand about football. The scout team is basically replicating plays of the team that you're going to play that week. So you're playing Oklahoma, you're running a lot of their plays 
to get the the defense prepared for them. So you're not really learning your own playbook in right. practice reps as much. So that's one of the other struggles Brock had, which is big for the spring and this upcoming fall um, for him. So Gunner's going to be on that same track. So Gunner, I think for him, it's going to be more of, okay, let's see you learn the playbook. Let's see you over reps, get used to the competition, because he also didn't play the greatest competition. And to be fair, when he played Jefferson and some of those teams, he struggled more. So that that goes to show he needs to get accustomed to the competition because going from like one A like Brock and I think Gunner was a fairly lower division. Yeah, like it's going to be a a struggle to get used to playing against like Jalen Carter every day in practice. That's that's a big (laughs) uh, upgrade. So I think getting accustomed to the playbook practice that that's the main thing for him. You're you're not going to see him as a freshman really, barring something crazy. Jason, I'm sure you're probably thinking the same thing on that. Yeah, and uh, I, I do like him. Honestly, I, I think yeah. his future is tremendous at Georgia. I really like his style of play. Obviously, the competition um, in high school, much like Brock, where that's the only thing keeping that, – that was the one thing I was skeptical of Brock coming into Georgia, the fact he didn't really play anybody at, at, the, at the 1A high school levels, similar situation with Gunner. But in terms of uh, what he brings to the table, I, I love the fact that he's he's mobile. I love the fact that – he, he was in an offense where he threw the ball a ton. So he has that kind of experience coming into – which I know a lot of more, more high school teams do that these days. I mean, they're, they're all getting prepared for the college game much more than, you know, a decade or two decades ago. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. In high school, they're running, you know, wing T. Oh, the wing T. Oconee County High School, man. That was yeah, the wing T. They threw the ball maybe eight times a game if that. If that. So, if yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, so games were over in like two hours and fifteen minutes. I mean, right. if, you, if you weren't there on time, you missed half. You missed half the game exactly because uh, the clock was running. Uh, here's the question, and this is a perfect segment, Brett. I couldn't have teed this up any better because I think we're going to go maybe 30, 35 minutes on this. We'll put it on the podcast as well. But Brett says, and this is the yeah. the question: here, <laughs> How many leave when Art shows Ooh. up? Um, you know, and that's assuming that's assuming Arch Manning ends up at Georgia everything's kind of trending with Georgia being up there. Ben can talk a little bit more about that, but I do have an interesting note on this. I do have an interesting note. Gunnar Stockton was heavily recruiting Arch to come to Georgia when he was on his visit. So I was told I have small tidbits that I could say um, on some of these guys visits or later if we talk about recruiting, but one of the notes I was told on Arch's visit from one of the people that was there was he was around Brock Bowers, Gunnar Stockton was heavily recruiting him and building a bond. Uh, Lad McConkey and Oscar Dupp were four of the people who I knew were there. And they said Gunnar and him built a really good relationship. So Gunnar's actually recruiting him there. And I remember an old statement Gunnar made of like, I want to get my degree at Georgia. Even if it doesn't turn out, I want to get my degree there. So I think Gunnar's one of those kids who he knew Brock the year before, a him with a, who's a higher rated prospect who almost beat him with a much worse team in high school. Um, and he saw that and he still wanted to come here because he, he was at the Rose bowl game when they beat Oklahoma. He traveled cross country when he was in middle school. He's that big of a Georgia fan growing up. Once he got past like South Carolina and the whole uh, Bobo and Shaw connection, he said, you know what? I'm going to Georgia. And now this is where he, he comes across as one of those kids who could, even if he doesn't start stay all those years, that's how passionate Brock and Carson, I think at least one of them at some point will end up transferring out, and one of them should have a decent chance at playing. That's what I think. But Arch, it's going to 
come down to if Gunner ever plays, that might be a struggle for Arch. I, I really think only one, maybe two quarterbacks leave if Arch comes. And it's going to be before Arch even signs. That decision will be made. Because you're not just going to say this high school kid signs, okay, I'm leaving. I'm scared of a high school kid. Jason's just got really dark, and uh, we'll get to him in a second. Uh, there we go. Jason's got those light dimmers on. It's the past 830. lowered. It's, yeah, it's it's uh, it's time for Jason's bedtime. The lights have lowered past yeah. 830, and uh, his Amazon Alexa has turned on and said, please. My uh, my dimmer. I don't know what happened there. It just <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit like. Did your wife touch I, that? Or? No, no. I mean, I got the door closed. Uh yeah, I mean, you might a little office to, uh, area. I mean, yeah, it just, just went out. <laughs> you might want to call a call a, a priest or a electrician. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one, yeah. We one got, of the two. I don't know which one first. I was like, wait, I thought it was one of those flicker situations, and everything right. come back. No, no, I had to get up. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think Brett, your question's valid, but I, I don't want to start getting into. There's a lot that can go into uh, this whole thing if Arch does decide to be a George Bulldog, because like Ben said, you still have uh, after spring practice. So there might be a transfer after spring practice. Uh, you still have until Arch signs, if he does sign with Georgia, and then you have another spring practice after that. So there's a lot of like, there's a lot of time in between now and to when Arch would officially step on campus in a Georgia Bulldog uniform to throw an actual football for the Georgia Bulldogs that so many different scenarios can pop up. I mean, Stetson could, look terrible. Carson could take the job over or Brock and they become entrenched and they have two years to run the offense. Stetson could look amazing and Carson and Brock never get in. They might both want to transfer. Then you're left with just Gunner and Arch or maybe, you know, there's so many different scenarios. So I don't know how many leave, but I don't know if it's all up to, to Arch like Ben was saying, Jason. Yeah. With, um, here's the thing with, 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 quarterbacks these days I, th I think they all at least want to to give it a shot i don't think if arch shows up that means people are just going to get out i mean here's the thing when arch shows up he's probably not going to be the quarterback in year one barring the fact that other guys have previously left or injuries in the spring fall or whatnot uh the the quarterback room by the time he comes here if he comes here uh, obviously it's still a uh you know it's still a recruiting battle right. but if he comes here then uh He's, I mean, he still has to, to get past it. We'll, we'll be a pretty deep quarterback room by that point. So I, I don't, I don't see him starting year one. I do think it's one of those things, you know, year two, year three, um, he'll have the chance. I, I, you know, I know he's got the name, he's got all that, but if he comes to Georgia, he's not, he's not coming in as a true freshman. I don't, I really don't think so. Um, the, given, given, given how this room looks uh, and looks to be for years to, you know, it, you know, when it comes to 2024 and whatnot. Yeah. Now, now with the talent that's in that room right now, does he walk in and, and start over Carson uh, Gunner and Brock? You know, it's just, right. yes, I understand his last name is Manning, but like Ben said, that, that's a pretty big playbook to throw on a guy. And then you've got to come in and beat out three guys that have been there at least two years, three years. You know, it, that's tough. Um, now, if, now, if somehow, some way, Arch Manning comes in and beats those guys out, yeah, two of them probably leave. Yeah. And then you don't have a – yeah. Then at, at that point, if you're a Georgia fan and he beats out two guys as a true freshman, then I don't really think you care yeah. about what the quarterback room looks like right. because you've got this guy who's a true freshman that just knocked off, uh, you know, some really talented quarterbacks to start. So. Right. 
you know, we'll, we'll get there. As far as everything else, guys, not too much going on. There have been a couple official, uh, not official visits. There have been some uh, recruiting stuff, Ben. I kind of want to save that for the guys for Rumors vs. Facts on Monday. I don't want to steal their thunder. I know you've got a ton of insight, Ben, but I don't want to take it away from them. Uh, you've got one, I'll give you one tidbit of recruiting information. You oh, can but give one thing is I'm, I'm actually reading the comments because Paul actually showed me how to read the comments, which he was yeah, hiding you- from me for whatever mysterious reason during the post-game over reaction shows. But uh, Gavin Mallory did say, does Branson take the third spot? And yeah, I would and say we, yes. And we, we at some I, point. I was, see, you're getting good at hosting, Ben, because what I was going to do is I was going to transition to that as being next week. We'll talk about whatever pops up in the in UGA sports world, plus also the running backs and Branson Robinson could potentially earn that third spot. Gavin, was, I was going to answer Gavin, just my prediction. I think at some point that that's just my quick, that's my tidbit on that. All right. Well, we'll we'll get to it a little bit next week. Um, Guys, thank you so much for joining us on this edition of UGA Sports Call-In Show. Thank you so much to, uh, you know, Green Timber for calling in and also uh, Miss Caroline Kemp for calling in. Carson Beck's grandmother. She's welcome on the show anytime, guys. This has been a great show for us. Next week, we're going to dive into the running backs and then maybe there's something crazy that happens on the UGA football front in between now and then and uh you know we'll go from there hope you guys enjoyed the quarterback discussion i think we brought a little bit of insight to it for you guys and next week we'll dive into the running backs and again whatever pops up <laughs> something's gonna pop up you know you can't have two weeks where it's where you it's don't really have two slow now. weeks in it, georgia football it, it, it doesn't, doesn't happen. happen it doesn't happen uh so we'll get to it but uh For Ben Bachman and Jason Butt, I'm your host, Paul Meharry. We appreciate it so much, guys. This is the UGA Sports Call-In Show. You can download it wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're not subscribed to the UGA Sports YouTube page, go ahead and do that. We appreciate you so much. And we'll see you next Sunday at 8 o'clock right back here. Thanks again.